This episode of The Blur Mob contains explicit language. While we want everyone to enjoy the show, sometimes we may say things that are not appropriate for all ages. So, in other words, mom, dad, granny, we cussing. Discretion is advised. King G. Grossite ENT. <laughs> Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Rock with it. Let me, let me pop my shit. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me pop my shit. Hands up. What's up, y'all? And welcome to the Blur Mob, your hub for all things black and nerdy. I'm your host, Foop, joined by my two co-hosts, Ryan and Ralph. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming service, make sure you hit that follow button so you can get updates from the mob. And if you lovely blurs and nerds are watching us on YouTube, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, and let us know what you thought. Turn those bell notifications so that you can see the next one. And make sure you guys check out those affiliate links in the description for Entertainment Earth and Right Stuff Anime and get you guys some cool stuff and support the mob. So, we are here today to do a mob review on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium, which dropped on February 17th, 2023. Um, As always, our mob reviews are spoiler-filled, so if you have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium or you watched it and you didn't finish it, I would suggest you pause, come finish the movie, and then come back. So, I, this is going to be one of those reviews where it's like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I'm going to keep it real with you, big dog. I fell asleep. (laughs) And I don't don't blame you. I don't blame you. Like, I don't blame you. No, but I was in that nasty sleep. Like, I'm talking like my head doing like this. (laughs) (laughs) The entire (laughs) time. I don't blame you. I don't. But let's get into the first hot take. So, we got... Um, some couple character introductions into this movie. I want to talk about three of them. Cassie Lang, Modoc, and of course, Kang the Conqueror. Let's start with Cassie since we were introduced to her first in the movie. How did you guys feel about Cassie Lang? She, she wasn't quite impactful. Like, I saw what type of character she was supposed to be, mm-hmm. but it didn't look like they was trying to subside my expectations nor prove my expectations. It seemed like she was just there. Does that make sense? I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I would agree. It was very much... It... We didn't have no real introduction besides the fact that, oh, she got a suit. Oh, okay. Move mm-hmm. on to the next topic. It was no like real explanation on how she got it. No, you know, extra additives on like just maybe a nice story of how she, you know. I, I think the tidbit of how she got the suit was at the beginning because you remember they said she she may have stolen a suit, and then it got confirmed that when they got into the quantum realm, that oh yeah, she actually has a suit. Okay, but I and- definitely agree with you both that she. I didn't care for her. She didn't make like as far as the young actors coming into the MCU because we've met America Chavez, we've met Miss Marvel, we've met Wiccan and Speed and WandaVision, we've met Patriot, we've met uh we just met Ironheart, but to me she didn't make as big as an impact as the rest of those young heroes. Like Ryan said she was just there like she served one purpose to be scott's driving force throughout the movie but that was basically it like you did nothing else your presence did nothing else for this movie and it's like she was supposed to be like i guess they start off like with her kind of being edgy like oh you're in jail and i'm like wait the oh the superhero ant-man got a delinquent daughter oh this is interesting nah i'm doing charity work and people get mad okay so you're right in the middle. Cool, cool. I stole the suit. I'm super smart. Okay. But I make mistakes. Okay. It's like there was nothing just interesting. You know what I mean? Like everything was kind of like balanced out. She sat right in the middle and that's not bad. It's just her being a balanced character didn't bring much either. Like I don't, I guess we didn't get to know her well enough. 
Like, and I'm not really sure. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not really sure if she was supposed to make an impression on the movie. Yeah. Like, is she is she gonna come? Is she, are they gonna use her later, or was she just there for this final Ant Man film to give Ant Man some reason to have a conflict with Kang? But I mean. I don't know. For as much screen time as she got, wasn't she supposed to be impactful? I mean, I I definitely agree with you. She was was in the whole movie. She was. It's not like they just put her to the side. Like she was there. We saw her. Her only. Her only dialogue was "Dad, Dad, Dad, girl, say please." And then what was that part where she was talking to Modok? Just just don't be a dick, Dad, and don't be a dick. That was that was one of the two scenes that actually made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the two scenes that actually made me laugh. And I was just like, but I definitely agree. She did not leave an impression on me. Nah, at all. She, she was very, I guess, lackluster. Definitely agree. Yeah. So let's move on to the next character that we get introduced to. Modoc. Modoc. The mechanized organism designed only for killing. I got one thing to say. They should have kept the helmet on them. <laughs> they should they should. That man was, was <laughs> But my the thing is he, he is ugly in the comics. Like if you look up like the comic version of uh Modoc, he is ugly. But just yeah. like when he took the helmet off and I was like, put it back on. <laughs> <laughs> and then and you know what i've seen like the comic book image of that of modok and i was like well like he whoa, looks whoa. more menacing, never... but he looks more menacing though right yeah yeah like I, he look he looked frightening i don't want to say menacing he, he look yeah. like like <laughs> he's actually a top-notch villain but yeah i i don't think that my other statement is i don't think this movie was the movie to introduce him into because he's had run-ins with tons of Avengers and mm-hmm. I like his origins like he was made in the science lab and all this other stuff I just don't think Ant-Man was the place to put him in maybe like Captain America or something like that just given what I read but I don't know is his, is his story in the comics pretty similar to now like Kang is no. kind of like okay no so that was like they, all at it, it he has a completely different name like they they switched mm-hmm. up they switched him up completely, and like from what I saw, Modok doesn't is they changed making it's mental organism design only for killing. They changed it in the movie to mechanize, so they did some creative changes with Modok that I I don't think because he also felt there. He also just felt like he's in the movie for to provide some type of comedic relief. Like I yeah. appreciate them making it like full circle. Like what did happen to Darren and Ant Man One? Like where did he actually go? Oh, he ended up in the quantum realm. Oh, Kang found him, and now he's Modok. Like that brought everything back full circle. Sure, but I don't think that Modok. I don't think that should have maybe been the choice of character for him i mean it's kind of shocking because for you to say he's a big enemy he felt more like comedic relief like i never Uh, felt give me enemy yeah i never felt like he was a major threat like he's like pretty much head honcho like he's like big brains and then everybody does everything under me but one him working for kang and then like you said being comedic relief and then like I don't know, being a slave to Kane the Conqueror instead of like developing your own type thing. I don't Yeah. It threw me for a loop. Because he has all he has pretty much all this brain power to do all these things, but Exactly. He's working under Kang and it's it feels like an undercut to his to the to the Modoc character. Like I agree. Spark Notes, like they they looked up on Spark Notes. And it, said, it's not. Oh, it's really. This. It's <laughs> really not even Spark Notes. It's really. This is what Modot looks like, but this is what we actually want him to do. Yeah, like we gonna mm-hmm. change it up to where it's more friendly and laughable, right? And he gets a quote unquote redemption art. Like, I guess he's no longer a. Dick. I didn't really care about his redemption art. 
I didn't care either. I feel like it was very out of the blue. Yeah. Because, like, one, I barely even remembered Ant-Man 1 for for me to be like, what, Darren? What? I didn't know who he was at first. Now now you're saying something. That's the the big part. We barely remember you. Like, the reveal wasn't shocking to me at all. Like, when they lift up the mask, and I was like, he just looks like a big baby head, like the CGI. Like, he looks like George Lopez from Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Yes. (laughs) Bro. Yes. Um, I swear to God I said that during the movie, bro. I swear to God. I said, what in the Sharkboy and Lava Girl is this? Then I said, no, it's more like Star Wars. That's what it. I literally said that. That's what it looked like, and it was just you know, it didn't. Get, <laughs> it didn't kill, bro. Man, I swear I said didn't have that any too. scars, nothing. It was just no like one blind eye that's all white or uh, nothing. Like, like the minute they took the helmet off was the minute like Ralph said. The minute they took the helmet off is the minute that you understand that he's here for comedic relief because I can't take him serious at this point. Nah. Mm-hmm. When they took that helmet on, I was like, "Then you just ruined it." I'm, <laughs> you just, the helmet you, was fine. The helmet the, looked nice. Hey, that gold metal face, yeah, was, was fire. Nice. That was cold. But that when they cold. took that helmet off, yeah, put the, put it back on. <laughs> <laughs> I w- I was expecting more at a Modoc, and I'm not sure if they're gonna well. He's dead now, so they're not going to do anything That's else it, with him. Yeah. Which, so I kind of feel like they wasted his character. Yeah, I, I, like, I definitely feel like that. I feel like it was just a hey, comic book fans, we got him, we did it. But to happy. me, it just didn't make sense for him to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Sure, we want to put Modok in the MCU where we think. The MCU is going. We may not be able to throw him in there. So the best place to put him is here. Sure. But if we're going off the... If we're going back to Kevin Feige's statement of, you know, these superhero movies can live lifetimes, you guys could have just kept him in the bag for something else. Yeah. Yeah. Gave us a a, a different countervillain to Kang or something. Or just somebody less. Or just left them out. Like, you know, Kang standing on his own, I think, would have been fine. Like, what was the point of putting Modoc in it? Yeah. Like Kang already had an army. If they just needed somebody to work for Kang, he has an army. He could have just made like a giant blue like a giant version of those little like non mechanical, non living a mix of both little soldiers he had. Right. Yeah. Or just made one of those soldiers like or if you wanted to go with Darren, like make him something else, not Modoc, you know? Yeah. That might have sat better with me. But let's talk about the man of that. Cause I feel like this is his movie. I I feel yeah. like this is his movie. Let's talk about Kang the Conqueror. I would just say that Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror to me is up there with top tier casting with Robert Downey Jr. as Ant Man and Chad Boseman as Black Panther. Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. What did I say? Ant Man. Iron Man. My bad. Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) as Iron Man and Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. I think Uh, the casting for Jonathan Majors as Kane was top tier. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I'm going to be real. I haven't watched too many of his other works of art. Like, I, I watched a few episodes of Lovecraft Country. But like his acting, that's how you act. Everything like, he did felt believable. Every every time he spoke, the facial expressions, it did feel believable. Like this was some top tier acting. Not going to cap. This was his movie. Like I wanted him to win. Mm-hmm. Like he was so good. <laughs> I wanted I wanted him to win. I wanted to I see that watch, man lose. I did. I might watch Creed three because of his acting. I ain't watched a single Creed. I do want to see. I'm on the same boat. I do want to see. <laughs> I'm just because he's in it. Y'all like, want to go see it, bro? Look, what? I'm not a look. It's just they he made it look good. so good. <laughs> yeah, and he did. He did a great job. Like I'm. I'm sorry. Like I feel like a lot of actors nowadays are kind of like they're not offensive, but they're not amazing either. And like now we're seeing like 
some really good acting again. Like, this is mm-hmm. what good acting is. Like, mm. like he was very calm, but also, like, terrifying at the same time. Like, very oh, yeah. dominating at the same time. Like, one moment, one of my favorite moments is when they were doing, when Janet's doing her flashbacks, and she talks about how when they were fixing Kang's ship, she had touched, like, the, the core or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And she saw in his head and saw that, you know, he was Kane the Conqueror. The way he looked at her, like, he, like, there was no, like, even, like, his subtle facial expressions, like, the way he exactly. changed, his demeanor changed to, like, oh, I know so what you're you looking know at. <laughs> like, so what you think? <laughs> What's your thoughts? Mm-hmm. You got notes? I, yep, I'm ready. I've destroyed timelines, but I won't destroy yours he, he, I, can, I keep looked, a promise. He saw what was going on. And he was like, "Damn!" Like there was no, <laughs> there was like no regret. It was kind of just like, "Okay, now what?" And yeah. I was just like, "That's top. That's top tier." Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a, "Hey, I'm your enemy, zero to one hundred. I'm your, uh, I'm your friend, zero to one hundred. I'm your enemy." It was kind of like that gradual of, "Okay, <laughs> now like, what?" I- I know who I am. Now yeah. you know who I am. You like it or you don't. <laughs> right. Like he pretty much gave her an opportunity to be like, okay, you know, you can help me and I won't destroy your earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you yeah. can defy me. <laughs> he was he was doing his thing. And this ain't acting, but that Kang versus Ant-Man fight, he was tearing his ass up. He was beating him down. He was tearing his ass up. And I was he like, was some slugs. I was like, this good shit. <laughs> every time, every time Ant Man hit him, he was just like, oh, that's how you got bet. Ate it. Hey, <laughs> ate it. Hey, he was he was doing his thing. Honestly, this is his movie. Like the minute you know they got into the quantum realm, and they was just, I just felt like they were doing a lot of filler before they got to Kane. And I was just like, yeah. like okay, I really want to see Kane. Like, they doing all of this filler. Like, who are we running from? Who are we supposed to be hiding from? Janet, why you not, who, uh, what you not telling us? And I was like, can we get the cane? Y'all doing Man, all this teasing. We saw her ex-boyfriend for, like, four minutes at the cafe. And yeah. it was like, after that, he not relevant. <laughs> I was like, where is Kane? Right. Where is the Conqueror? Like, I ain't gonna lie. Janet could have been told, though. I don't, yeah. I don't. I, watching the movie now, it's like. Why wouldn't you tell them as soon as you came back in the last um, Ant-Man movie? Why would you not tell for the, them? For the plot. For the plot. For the plot. For the but plot. I definitely agree with Ralph. Like, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, when they got her out the quantum realm, she didn't really seem like, you know, she, like some shit She didn't shit seem had, distress. Right. Like, she right. didn't seem like some shit had went down in the quantum realm, you know? Mm-hmm. And like she it, ain't walk out there like I'm traumatized by everything I've seen. Like it was just and, oh my gosh, I'm back. Right. Yeah. So and then we get to Ant Man Quantumanium and it's just like you're fooling with the quantum realm. And I was like, Well, you ain't really tell us, you know, that there was bad shit down here. Like you you didn't really give us the feeling of like, you know, we don't need to be back down there. Or like mm-hmm. the way that you came back is like, damn girl, what happened in the quantum room? Like it just gave they found you. You was just stuck down there and now you back and you want to live your life. Yeah. But I but touching on Ralph's thing once more, I kind of feel like that's unrealistic. You was stuck in the quantum realm. For 30 years, you just can't come back and sit down at the dinner table with your family and eat pizza like nothing happened. No. <laughs> you like, no, you can't come back <laughs> all hunky-dory like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm glad to be back. You that's very stuff. We can talk for hours about having, like, one funny interaction with somebody that happened at the club or something. Shawty, you was in a whole nother universe, essentially, for 30 years, a part of wars, a part of a freaking um malignant group. You, you ain't tell, against, tell your you, family none that's of that? Not, that's not yeah. something you just get over. And the thing about it is that I understand that this is five years in the future. Like, this is after Infinity War. But even then, girl, you just got out of the quantum realm for 30 years. Maybe a month or so later, you get dusted. Come back undusted five years later. That's tra- That's two traumas. 
that you have that you have to deal with. Yeah. And it, you just sitting there at the dinner table, you know, eating pizza, living your life like nothing happened. Exactly. And I understand that you didn't want to tell anybody about the quantum realm, but it's just the way I would say this, the way that they wrote Janet as being a survivor of all of this shit that happened in the quantum realm just didn't seem realistic to me. Because if we mm-hmm. think, think about other characters that have come back from traumatic events, just look at Bucky. Like, you can look at Bucky. Bucky could be doing some normal, and it's just like, yo, you've been through some shit. Tony mm-hmm. Stark came back freaking um, shrunken down, scared, fearful. He was like, bro, what y'all doing? He was, Didn't he, like, fall out when he was right around all the Avengers? Do I yep. remember that scene correctly? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like it was a bit unrealistic to me but the next hot take i want to talk about is just the quantum universe itself so in ant so in ant-man and the wasp we saw the quantum realm but we but we were kind of introduced to it as this desolate area like there's nothing out here but just a bunch of you know bacteria like organisms and stuff like that and it was just like Mm. okay there's nothing really important going down here but then we get to quantumanium and there's civilizations there's all types of creatures they have classes basically a full-on hierarchy so we really dive deep into what's inside the quantum universe and how did we feel about that it looked like they traveled to a planet in star wars for me yeah it, it, it definitely gave much. it definitely gave me Star Wars vibes. Mm-hmm. And like I go ahead, Ralph. They they gave a what I would believe would be an extra accurate description from you know what we would think that the quantum realm would look like. Mm-hmm. We know it wouldn't be anything normal as what we see, you know, cars and stuff. It would look very futuristic. The people mm-hmm. there would look very futuristic, pretty much like an episode of Rick and Morty. Like whenever they go to different planets and stuff, that's yep. how people. That's how these people look. That's, that's how they accurate act. too. Like they gave us a really good description. I will give them that. Quantum Mania looked exactly how it was supposed to look. I mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I really liked about this movie. It definitely yeah. gave me Star Wars vibes with like how the creatures were set up, how the civilizations were. I loved the the colors of the quantum realm. I like the way the civilizations were set up because you the first civilite civilization they meet with like how the people's houses were made. And then you turn mm-hmm. and it turns out they're rocket ships. And I was like, okay, cool. And then you look at Kang's domain, all with like all this futuristic tech, like the militia and stuff, and it's just like think of like the Republic and Star Wars and all the clones just waiting outside, ready to go to war. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in the scene where Janet had met up with her old boo thing, and I was like, "This is giving the cantina." <laughs> yeah. So like, I definitely like that part about it because I think that I feel like they took a page out of Star Wars of how this should look like, and I think they did a really good job with like the different creatures and the food and the drinks and even like right. the way the technology works like with the rocket ship not being like a regular rocket ship like put your hands in this organism <laughs> i thought that was pretty dope that, that glue monster was the star of the show when he especially when he finally got his hold i have hope. He was, <laughs> that was the first scene that made me laugh <laughs> it was so was random so it was so random i think those parts were funny but i think that's kind of another reason of why this movie is kind of eh to me because like the random funny moments like mm-hmm. i feel like you guys understand that the plot is going nowhere so let's throw in the little goo monster to get in some holes and just scream i have holes and <laughs> eat everybody <laughs> like, like or like that me, you want some more of me <laughs> Or like that scene between Cassie and Modoc, and she was like, "He's like, what am I supposed to do?" And he's like, "Just don't be a dick." And he was like, "It's too late." And I, was like, <laughs> I am a dick. I am a dick. I'm I thought the dialogue was very lackluster in this movie. Like, what are yeah. you guys? What are you guys saying at this point? You had a high schooler who said, "How can I make this funny? Let's talk about holes and like, dicks." Cassie just says "dad" the whole movie. Scott just says "Cassie." The whole movie. 
Kang and I feel like Kang and Janet were the only ones that had real lines. Yeah. Hope's whole yeah. thing is where's Scott? Where's Cassie? Where's Scott? Where's Cassie? Mom, mom, mom. Then Hank's thing the is. The mom aunts, barely did aunts, anything. Ants, ants. What was her name? Heather. What was the wife's name again? She barely had any lines, in my opinion. Hope. 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 She, she was barely... also just there. I feel like everybody in this movie was just there except yeah. Kang and a little bit of Janet. Yeah. That's no. why they advertised it as Jonathan Majors. They was like, you know what? We got him. This will be our saving grace. Because nobody else was really doing shit in this movie. In all honesty, he was the saving grace. Honestly. He was. That he was, was the that was the five. That's that the saving and... grace. I feel like when they, you know, like when you, when you record movies like this, you got to sit down and watch it all the way through and see does it make sense. I'm pretty sure at least one person in there was a little humble and said, you know what? If it wasn't for him, this movie would be trash. I think everybody has to, get, honestly, like his performance was top tier. Like this was his movie. Like his introduction in Loki was great. Like introducing Kang, Jonathan Majors inside of the MCU, great. Mm-hmm. But this right here, this this was lovely, and this definitely made me excited for Loki season two. This made me excited for the Kang dynasty. This made me excited for everything else coming up in the MCU. All right. Now, a, a pain point that I had was. Why didn't Ant Man receive any upgrades through through his suit at all? Like Why he, he just had the same suit? Yeah, he didn't make any improvements even after you know the blip is passed and everything, and everybody's back. But he didn't make any. I, I, I would say that makes I would say that makes some sense because he didn't do nothing but talk about his book. Like even Cassie did say, like he just been chilling. He yeah. listened to his own book. He walks around and get free coffee. That's all he's been doing. That's the like I was just about to say that he really hasn't been doing anything to like get to like to get upgrades. Like Captain America's gone, Iron Man's gone. Um, what was I about to say? They beat Thanos. Like all everything that's been going on in Phase Four is like I can only assume that he hasn't been aware of any of it. He's just been mm-hmm. chilling. Ain't nobody didn't hit his line. He ain't seen nothing, so he thinks everything's just been hunky dory. So he's just been living his life. The only reason yeah. he got sucked into this is because Cassie and all of them was playing around with the quantum realm, and Kang found them. So it's yeah. very unfortunate that he got in this situation and he ain't had no upgrades. But it kind of makes sense of why he didn't upgrade his suit like he's super smart but he's not like iron man like he doesn't have iron man preparedness because tony was always building new stuff for what because he wanted to like he was always upgrading his suit because he wanted to no there's no immediate danger going on but let me upgrade my suit and now he doesn't even have tom holland spider-man they didn't really even know each other like that, but yeah, that too. Yeah, that's... Like, ain't nobody here. There was, in all of Phase 4, there was nobody to hit up Ant-Man and be like, hey, it's some shit going down. We need you. Like, and to me, if I was an Avenger, he would definitely be at the bottom of my call list, because why am I calling you? <laughs> yeah. Out of everybody I can call. Out of everybody Why here, am I calling you? We We know a god. We know a Hulk. Like, why we know, we we know two Hulks. I'm going to call She-Hulk before I call you. I'm calling Valkyrie <laughs> before I call you. But I get it. I I get it. I, I feel that great because they just use the same technology in, like, in the, all three of these movies. Yeah. Like, it was just the same gimmicks, the same technology. The only thing is that Cassie has a suit. Um, Hank has these super intelligent ants. And let's let's talk about that because that's my other gripe. How the hell does Kane the Conqueror get defeated by an army of ants? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. Jonathan Major's acting was good, but I wanted to ask this entire time. They did not make Kane look dangerous. I understand that there's a whole bunch of him. Mm-hmm. 
But when I even saw how he acted in this movie, I'm like, he was beating Ant-Man, but Ant-Man managed to get the one up. I was like, but a I couple feel- of robotic Iron Man suits look like they could beat this guy. Is he that dangerous? Just me. Just me. I, I didn't feel the threat. I think the threat would have came had he gotten out the quantum realm. I think that I feel like the threat didn't come because I just I don't feel like they explain well of like what's going to happen if I get out. If that and, makes sense. And what can his powers actually do? Because at first when he was shooting them blue lasers, it like he was vaporizing folks. But then all of a sudden when he's shooting at Cassie and Ant-Man and all of them, he ain't vaporizing them. He was just pushing them back like I it was just a force feel like, blow. I just feel like it was plot armor. I just, I feel like it, I just feel like it was plot that, no, armor no, because it does, it does it because none of it makes sense to me. It, it was like, it was too close. No, those, those things happen too close in chronological order. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody vaporizes. Mm-hmm. I shoot Cassie and Ant-Man. Boom. Just a little force blow. It's not even as strong as Iron Man's it's little plot, energy blast. It's plot armor. That's Naruto level plot armor. That's Goku <laughs> Dragon Ball Z level plot armor. I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't. I saw him start vaporizing people, and I was like, okay, we get into the nitty-gritty. We got something. We get into the nitty-gritty. Like, y'all got to be careful. And then, you know, like you said, they get hit. Nothing happens. Hank shows up with a bunch of ants. That whole scene reminded me of Suicide Squad when they was fighting that, when they was fighting Starroy, Starroy. Star that little starfish monster thing. Big starfish. Yeah. And they used a bunch of fucking rats to kill him. Yeah. It, yeah. Most definitely. But in this movie, it felt like a cop out. It did. It it really did. And to even go and support your point, Ryan, I felt the exact same way. Like this, we have Kane the Conqueror. This man has said he has killed multiple multiple avengers did he, he has like even thor did, did he look man. did he look like he could even beat shuri like be honest i felt like I, namor was a bigger threat than him <laughs> namor looks like a but, bigger threat than kang so far like but, that was wild we have we have this huge figure we have yep. a conqueror come in regardless of wherever he, wherever he may land even if he was in you know, um, quantum mania or even the quantum realm. Exactly, he should have the same power. He has his suit. Yeah, exactly. It it I made think... me think like is his only power the fact that he can make shadow clones or like he got different versions of himself? Like, is that his intimidation factor? I kind of get it. I mean, if there was like a, a a thousand hulks, yeah, the universe probably would be destroyed. I get you, but independently by himself, he didn't look like much of a threat. I feel like. It was he was kind of put at a disadvantage because one, we didn't get introduced to Kang until like towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And then when we did get introduced to him, his whole thing was he was trying to get the core. Like his whole thing is trying to get out the quantum realm. So I'm not gonna be the big evil Kang. I, I and he's already conquered the quantum universe. We're just hearing about, you know, how everybody's been affected by the him conquering so Mm -hmm. his whole thing now was like i've already conquered the quantum universe i just need to stay so i don't need to be big and bad and menacing i don't need to like vaporize people for no reason for to make me feel terrifying because i just you know need a ride out of here you got a point i kind of feel like he's just one of those villains that he's not meant to be in this story here, he's not meant to be like menacing. Mm-hmm. Like Can I definitely def- people in one shot or not. You said what? Can he vaporize people in one shot or not? What prevents you from getting vaporized? <laughs> An- answer that. And please, please answer that. I- <laughs> please let me know. I'm I'm just saying, I'm just analyzing the movie to just see how we got to this point. <laughs> I'm just analyzing the movie to see how we got to this point. I feel you. I feel- <laughs> he is upset. I feel you. 
I feel you. I just feel like it was a ton of plot armor and and now we got a dead conqueror. And now we got um, a maybe dead conqueror. He could still be maybe, out there. yeah. Because he got sucked into that multiverse machine and they could have put him anywhere. They just that think he true. did. He gonna come back. I hope. I feel you. I, I really yeah. liked him in this movie. He did. <laughs> I, I, I mean, some superb acting. That's superb act. This was Jonathan Major's movie. It definitely was, but and it it could also be now that I'm thinking about it that this is not the Kane that we need to be worried about because could be because in the mid credit scene, as we can see, there's a bunch of them. So mm-hmm. yes, they met Kane the Conqueror. No, he didn't feel like Thanos level big bad. But that could be because this is not the cane that we need to have that perception of. Because That's why I'm wondering. Keep going. I was going to say because when he, um, the first cane that we met in Loki, I forgot like what his title was. Everybody's like, oh shit, it's Kane. And then he dies. And then they were like, okay, Kane the Conqueror is coming next. And it was like, oh shit, Kane the Conqueror. But then he's gone. And we know there's more Kanes coming up. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, as we keep getting introduced to these Kanes, one of them, one of them going to be the bee's knees. It just went this one. And I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like, it, maybe it's the fact that there's so many variations and each variation is probably, and like, one of them is probably the big bad, but it's like, that just means that. The best part of the movie was the mid credit scene. Because yep. now I'm like, ooh, what happens next? And in the end credit scene. So let's yeah. let's get into those two. Let's talk about the mid credit scene first. So the mid credit scene is we we get three major kings. We get mm-hmm. Scarlet, Centurion, Ramatut, and Immortus, which are three other Kang variants. They, you know, they come together and it was like, hey. The exiled one, Kane the Conqueror, is dead. He got beat by an Avenger. They don't care that he's dead. They care that the Avengers are getting closer to learning about the multiverse. It's becoming apparent. And if they get closer to the multiverse, they're going to start finding out some other things and touching some things that they've been working very hard to keep like under the wraps. So now it's like, we need to do something before they get to it. So they have, they do their Council of Kings, and that's when we see, like, the Gladiator Coliseum of, could be thousands of Kang variants. And they getting ready, they getting ready to go. They hyped mm-hmm. up, like, those, yeah. I, this made me very exciting, excited for the Kang Dynasty, because why is it that many of y'all? Why is it that many? I get the whole <laughs> infinite multiverse thing, infinite timelines, like that many though. It's, like, what are y'all hiding? And all of y'all are different. All of y'all are, are different. They we, all had different personalities. We saw the bros, bros. We saw the wise men. Like, we saw a lot of different type mm-hmm. of. At this point, we have been introduced to five major kings, and you telling me there's a coliseum of thousands. And they were still porting a thing. And they were still coming in. (laughs) Y'all. But this is what I was saying in the last episode. Like, this multiverse stuff is starting to make sense. Because when they said that the Avengers, they're getting too close to the multiverse, let's talk about all the things that happened in Phase 4. All these random events of certain Avengers touching pieces of the multiverse. What what happens when they all come together and put all these pieces together? Add what Ant Man and them just witnessed with Kang, and what they know from him. And you remember Kang start talking about incursions to Ant Man. Guess who also knows about incursions? Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm excited. If you can't tell, this is starting to make sense. This shit is about to start making sense. 
So let's move to the end credit scene. We get introduced to another Kang. So that makes six. We get introduced to another Kang variant. His name is Victor Timely. He was. He went back in time to Massachusetts, uh, 1901, to he became mayor of some city and then, you know, used all his smarties to advance the city. Mm-hmm. So we show up, he's doing some presentation about time. They pan to the audience and Loki and Mobius are sitting there. Loki basically shits bricks because this is another Kang variant and Mobius just looks like he doesn't really understand the threat, but we under, yeah. we understand the threat. We understand. And it was just like, okay, Loki season two is about to be interesting because now the questions that I have based on this in credit scene is does, where does Loki season two take place? Is this after they defeat Kane the Conqueror or could these events be happening at the, at the same time? Um, the second thing is, is how, like, are they going, are they going to be introduced into multiple Kangs? Like, so we saw this council of Kangs with like thousands. We saw the, those big three. Are those mm-hmm. big three going to come back into Loki? Is Loki like that missing piece that's going to make all of this stuff make sense? I would, I say yes. Because we know Loki is still with TVA. Mm-hmm. He's still stuck in TVA. TVA has access to pretty much every timeline that has been broken and they're going to go and try to repair. Mm-hmm. We know that's their job. They're going to do that. That means that means that the they're going to meet more, more Kangs, of course. They're going to meet more Kang variants because they're wanting to keep, you know, kind of whatever they've done under wraps and that pretty much means continuing to further each of these worlds, continuing to further all these timelines into yeah. their broken stages because they want to cover up the things that they've done. So it's going to be a bunch of run-ins. I don't know how many there will be, but I feel like it's going to be quite a bit. I feel like we had this conversation before, but I want to bring it up again. I'm thinking that Loki season two is going to be that, that climax point. Like, going back to where I was saying um, all of these random multiverse events have happened. And then we get the Loki. And then that's the event where everything starts falling into line. And then everything after that is just like, we on a straight path now. Mm -hmm. Like, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Loki. Okay. Boom. Then we all on the same page. So, when are we getting Loki? When are we getting Loki season two again? I think summer. Summer 2023. Uh, are we getting anything else in between that? When when does Secret Invasion come out? They said spring. Spring come, uh, Secret Invasion comes out in spring. But mm-hmm. well, that that would make sense. And then hopefully we'll be able to play Secret Invasion based on based on that as well. Secret Invasion is. I have questions about Secret Invasion of how that's going to fall into like a multiverse thing because it's possible. I saw a theory that it's possible that the Nick Fury that we've been seeing in all of these MCU movies has been a squirrel this whole time. But you know, Nick Fury is cool with the squirrels. Mm -hmm. So it could be that. And then, and we also know that Nick Fury is in space at the end of Spider Man Far From Home. He was in space. So it's possible. That Nick Fury knows about all this shit. This he sent a squirrel down in there to basically like report up, keep the peace, keep business as usual. And mm-hmm. Secret Invasion is him coming back from space. Cause he cause he knows like it's some shit coming. And some somehow, somewhere Secret Invasion's gonna fit into it. But I feel like it it at this point. It, I think it has to fit in this multiverse though, somehow. So, right, we will see. We will see. Hmm. I'm I'm excited, but at the same time, I don't I don't feel as lost as what Phase Four left me. No, like for real, like it's it's starting. It's all it's starting to make sense. Like the 
the bits and pieces that I got from some of Kang's dialogue, the mid credit scene, the end credit scene, some of this stuff mm-hmm. is starting to make sense. Or you can at least see where these pieces are going to fit in right. as far as the storyline. So I just want them, like, I know Ant-Man is an outlier, but, like, a lot of people are disappointed by Thor, Love, and Thunder. A lot of people are disappointed by Eternals. Internals. I hope that even though we're looking forward to the big Avengers-esque battle, mm-hmm. I hope that they do a better job in making the stepping stones to get there more entertaining. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like that this I movie... I don't like that this movie, the most enjoyable part that even got you guys' attention, is the end credit scene. That doesn't, you know, make a movie. Like, we're, yeah. I want to be, like, I, I wish I could be sitting here saying this movie was great, not the things it sets up for next, like, the next movie is what's great. You know what I, I mean? mean? I, I mean, let's be honest here. We have Ant-Man. He's, he's already, he's already a mid, uh, a man tier hero mm-hmm. but do we do we really expect a lot out of an ant-man movie i would say i this. expected it to be at least a good movie I, because we had a god named thor and only one of his movies was actually good i would say this as this being the movie to kick off phase five for this being the movie to introduce kane the conqueror as well as the magnitude of what the Kang dynasty could possibly lead to. I think it should have had a bit more of a, of an impact, but I could see it. I see it two ways. Cause one of this, this was another hot take. I'm glad you brought that up. Ralph was, did this give a strong start for phase five? Yes. Because of the introdu- introduction of Kang and the magnitude of what the Kang dynasty could be. No, because I really just didn't care for the movie. But mm-hmm. with this being the first movie in the phase, did it have to be Grand Slam spectacular? Or what if, was technically the first movie of Phase Four? Um, Black Widow. Black Widow. It gave it gave about the same to so me that, at least. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like with this being the beginning, this is the first step. So with us getting these, you know, these hints and getting these uh, theories and like seeing how some of these pieces may come together, I think it might have been fitting for this to be the first movie in Phase Five to give you that push of this is pro- this is was possibly going to be coming after. Now I 100% agree with Ryan that you know the movie as a whole I didn't care for it, but what it is possibly setting up and what it did set up, I think made sense for this to be the first stepping stone for phase five. So not a super strong start, but strong enough that it's going to keep us interested to see what comes next after this. Yeah. Mm. I give it the analogy of whenever you put a battery in, into a car and it like doesn't crank a little bit mm-hmm. and then you just keep trying i yeah. feel like we're at the part this of the first it's crank. finally crank yeah <laughs> this the first crank this that first like oh 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 we got a little song we, song. Got little right, song. we gotta keep working let me adjust and then do it again this was that first this was that first one and honestly i think it's fair to put ant-man in here if Everybody watching it was like, eh, it's not horrible. Let's start with the eh, not horrible movie. If we know, if we're confident that everything else after this is going it's to exceed fire. that. Yeah. What is the next actual movie again? Uh, The Marvels. The, yeah, The Marvels. In November. But we're, we're getting TV some Disney. Right. We're about to get some Disney Plus shows in between that. I think Secret <laughs> Invasion is going to be damn good. If Loki, mm. just based off season one, I also think it's going to be damn good. And I just need to see a trailer for the Marvels to see what they're working with. Yeah. Okay. But I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Go ahead and kick out this Ant-Man movie. We know what this Ant-Man movie is going to set up. It may not get, you know, top tier ratings, but it's going to do enough 
So let's go ahead and get it out the way. This is your first stepping stone. Now let's get to the nitty gritty because I could think of this the other way. If we were getting back to back damn good content and then Ant-Man came out and we feel the exact way about Ant-Man like we do now, then the question would have been, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, it, it the question would have been, what movie. happened? It's an average movie. I, it was average. I yeah. enjoyed it more than Thor Love, and, Thor Love and Thunder, though. I'll say that. Thor Love and Thunder was a below average movie. <laughs> hey, the only thing funny, out the only thing that gave me a lasting impression out of Thor Love and Thunder was them screaming goats in Jane Foster's Thor. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we we already talked about how it stacks up against Thor: Love and Thunder, but how do how do we think it stacked up against Eternals? Because if I'm correct, Rotten Tomatoes gave Eternals about the same score as it's one percent lower. Ant Man is at forty eight. Ant Man is at forty eight percent. The Eternals is at forty seven percent. I think it's fair, but I think they got those scores for two different reasons. Mm, okay yeah y'all know i'm one of the few people that actually enjoyed eternals i actually (laughs) enjoyed it you say you say you enjoyed it yeah i enjoyed eternals i was i I definitely saw the mistakes but i still enjoyed the premise what they was bringing some of the characters that's what i'm saying i think they got the scores for two different reasons i think my biggest gripe with eternals is that y'all trying to introduce too much in this movie and it just didn't give enough when it came down to it. But Ant-Man is kind of like, the only thing you guys have going, in my opinion, is Kane the Conqueror. And everything else, I really just didn't care for. Like, Eternals had all of the great ingredients to make a beautiful dish. They just didn't have a good cook. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man had bare bones ingredients, but a great cook. And they did what they could do. Yeah, they gave. I'm, Gor- I'm gonna bring it back to food. Ant Man is is Ant Man is giving Gordon Ramsay canned food and telling him to make something out of it. It's it's gonna be good because it's Gordon Ramsay, but the ingredients came out of a can. He had Vienna sausages and bologna <laughs> and, and some tuna, and he they said make it work. I feel you. I I feel Eternals you. Eternals had bell peppers. Laurie seasoning salt, Tony Sachs. Lobster tail. Yeah. New exactly. York strip. And they just messed they just messed it and up. And put it on they a paper just... and put it on a styrofoam. <laughs> there we go. There we go. They couldn't even use plates that were good for the environment. There you go. They put Who's it on a styrofoam. They put it on a styrofoam. They put it in a to-go box. Oh right. God. And you know and you know what Gordon Ramsay did? He said, I know this meal suck. But I'm gonna at least add some really good Kool Aid. I just and that was and that was that was Jonathan Majors. I think where this compares to other MCU movies, I think it just it falls into that middle for me. It falls into that middle. Did you wait, 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 wait? No, we're not gonna skip over that. What did he say? Because it's still Black History Month right now. No, 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 no. Not gonna sit here and say. Let me put. Let me put my hat on. You're not gonna sit here and call Jonathan Majors a lick of Kool Aid like that. Whoa. I said really good Kool. I know. I said I really that part. good Kool Aid. I missed that I part. Really During Black <laughs> History you, Month, you said Jonathan Majors is a cup of Kool Aid. Really good Kool Aid. During right. Black History Month, That's, we all like Kool Aid. Right. <laughs> more, more than right, but no, but let's more like, than Ryan. just more than just us like Kool Aid. More than just us like Kool Aid. That's so funny. But think of the meal that you put out, Ryan. You said Vienna sausages, bologna, and tuna fish. It said Jonathan Majors. <laughs> it's the couple Kool Aid on. But no, I said Gordon. You could have said any other juice, but you pick. Kool-Aid. But we're not going to match like, we like a great wine. We like Simply. You, you like Milo's sweet tea? Yes. I like Milo's lemonade. I like my... Look, see, now we getting away from the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, is, no, like, like I'm on the point. I'm like, no, no, no. Listen, listen. I put brisk I put brisk way above Look, we not going to have a best who's the best tea argument. Back to the point. My point was, you could have picked anything else. 
But so, I ain't hear him like, say that. So for the few for the Mississippi viewers, you got I, I'm thinking like Boston su- Supreme level Kool Aid. Oh. Come on now. Okay, just so to, that makes it better. Just to not focus in on the fact that Ryan just compared Jonathan Majors to Kool Aid. The anal- <laughs> the analogy is is that. Jonathan Majors, we all agree that Jonathan Majors as Kane the Conqueror was the best part of this movie. That's, he he that's, helped us to watch the movie down. That's all, that's all that Ryan is trying to say. He said it in the worst way possible, but that's all he's trying <laughs> to bring to bring it to bring it back to the center. That was all he was trying to say. We apologize for Ryan. <laughs> we apologize for Ryan. <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> that's all that's all he was trying to say please oh if you goodness. unsubscribe please subscribe back we, <laughs> we sorry <laughs> if you if you just put a dislike just no. now change it back to a like <laughs> but that was pretty much all i had for ant-man did you guys have any other discussion points or anything you guys want to talk about food finna make that kool-aid thing a snippet <laughs> and she finna, she finna, she finna off me. <laughs> she finna, cancel them. Cancel. Cancel. She's like, not on behalf of. She's gonna put it at the bottom. Ryan does not speak on behalf of the blurry mob, but this is what he said. No. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I don't have anything. The movie was in. Eh. Yeah. It it didn't. I don't. Not to even ask this question. Let's go. What music do y'all even? recognize from that from that film did y'all even recognize so, any music so i will say this i will say this when i look at those criteria sheets because like audience we rate through a criteria and y'all see them on instagram i say music is a five like i will always put music as a five if it did not add or detract from the movie because mm-hmm. that means it fit so the music score did i not notice it i don't feel like that's a good or a bad thing because if I noticed it and it made me go, this don't fit, then it's bad. I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess for me, when I analyze the score of a movie, it's basically when you guys started playing this music, did it, you know, enhance the moment? Yes, it's, this is, it's, it's sad, but the music is putting me in my feels. Now it's touching me a little bit deeper. I... Now that Ralph has asked the question, I don't remember hearing any music. I but for me, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I agree, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. If it's they not, just stuck to silence, it's... I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing, but it also could have been, like, the fact that we felt the movie was eh. And, like, the yeah. high-intensity parts of it, when you're supposed to have that high-intense music, like, it didn't make the moment more of what it could have been like the part imagine like some the batman level type music when kang was vaporizing everybody then it would have been like oh shit exactly yeah. music scores that come to mind like where i heard them throughout the movie i'm thinking exactly like food the batman and og black panther transformers like got a nasty just... ass score too y'all ever listen to the when new I... robots start fighting yeah, that's what I'm saying. We can go further back to even Transformers. When I think music scores, those are some of the movies that come to mind where like the music was like on ten. Like it made it added so much to the movie. But to Ralph's point, I don't remember hearing any music. And to Ryan's point, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. But it also kind of means that whatever music you guys did put in this movie did not take away or give anything to the movie. You guys were kind of just. Like everything else in this movie, it was there. Yeah, yeah. Because even a lack of music can add to a scene. Mm-hmm. Now, this I'm just, I'm not trying to be a fanboy, but i.e. the fight between Gon and he's soaking the anime. I hate hey, when they shut anime. when they shut that music down, when them boys were just like, straight throwing hands, like you didn't want to breathe in that hole. Exactly. <laughs> the lack of music emphasized and enhanced that moment. So, like, music is one of those things where, like, you just gotta know how to use it. Mm-hmm. True. I don't. I think they used it to the best of their ability. Like we just can't give y'all a movie with no scores. But the scores right. that we're giving you guys is not going to take away or give anything to the movie. But it's something there to keep you guys involved and to keep that immersion going with the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was all I had. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and shut this down. Once again, thank you, Ryan and Ralph, for joining me on another episode of the Blurred Mob Podcast. Thanks to everybody who's been listening, whether this is your first time or 50th time listening. The watches, the listens, the comments, the likes, all of it is very much appreciated. Thank you for the support. Um, Make sure you guys check out those links in the description for Entertainment Earth and Write Stuff Anime and get you guys some cool stuff and support the mob. And with that being said, go ahead and lead us out, Ralph. All right. Thank you guys for watching and or listening. Make sure you guys follow us on all our socials, Instagram at Blur at the Blurred Mob Pod, Facebook and TikTok at the Blurred Mob Podcast, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Blurred Mob. And with that being said, peace. Hands up. If you love them where you at, stand 10 toes down, shot they ain't no looking mad. Look you can let them haters hate when they answer where I'm smiling, I just tell them life's great.